one of you is the monster. Monster? They're British, you know. Hello, I'm Chris Denton. And I'm Paul Monk. And we are... A, a Very, very British, British Christmas, Christmas Horror. horror. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. Um, this is a special programme, one of a series that we'll, we'll be running, covering ghost stories for Christmas. Which ghost story are we going to kick off with, Paul? We are talking about that that um, famous Charles Dickens ghost story, um, which normally told around Christmas. No, not that one. But the Signalman. The Signalman, which was, of course, adapted by the BBC, I think, in 1976 as part of their Ghost Stories for Christmas um, strand. Although, on the title card, it just says a ghost story. It doesn't say ghost story for Christmas. I guess you had to fill in the blanks. Or, or they were just covering their bets so it could be repeated, presumably. Someone else in here. That's quite Because they're kind of limiting themselves, aren't they? Because... It's not a very festive story, is it? I mean, well, no. I mean, fantastic tradition in the, the 1970s of um, showing these, these ghost stories around about Christmas. I don't know if it, this, this tradition predates the 1970s. I, I, uh, and this this particular episode is actually basically at the end of the good ones in, in the original run. So um, Lawrence Gordon Clark, the great um, d- director and uh, earlier on in the series writer as well of these ghost stories basically ran out of M.R. James stories he thought were suitable for adaption or that the BBC yep. could afford to adapt in the way he wanted so he cast the net wider and he came across this Charles Dickens story um, and you know um, what a story it is so should we do a bit of a summary of the plot okay yep so what it involves is, as the title would suggest, a signalman on a who's stationed in a signal box near a railway tunnel, and he's greeted at the beginning by um, a, a, a somebody who's not named, who in in the story is the, the narrator, but obviously in this adaptation he's he's not a narrator. He's just this, this sort of stranger. It's a mysterious stranger, isn't yes, he? Yes, he is. One of the first things he says is, um, I was incarcerated or confined, but now I'm free. Confined, yeah. yeah. So um makes you wonder, why was he confined? Is this some well, kind of lunatic or, 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 or prison? Yeah, prison well, some sort of illness, because you'd have been confined if you'd had tuberculosis or something like that, wouldn't you? I, I suspect illness, because he seems in every other respect to be a... A good Victorian gentleman. Yes, yeah. He's yeah. class above the signalman. Yes, indeed. So, um, so for whatever reason, and it's not really a reason we ever really find out, apart from we sort of do, uh, is that he has he's he's gone down to talk to this signalman about something. Um, just to make conversation. Just to make conversation, as you as you kind of would. But the the signalman is is seems a little bit twitchy and a little ill at ease with with things, um, and then it turns out through various conversations that the signalman has been seeing an apparition of a figure, and this apparition has been using the same words yeah. that our mysterious stranger was using yeah. to introduce himself, which was 
Hello, hello below there. Hello there. Um, and, and and also a gesture to go with it. Yeah, waving gesture and yes, covering his eyes and face with one hand and waving frantically yeah. with the other. Um, yes. So the signalman uh, comes across initially as quite weird on account of being freaked out by someone saying hello to him. Yeah, I mean, and in yes. fairness, it's quite natural to say hello below there because um, it, it's, it's in a cutting, isn't it? it? it exactly, because he's, he, he's down a quite steep, quite uh, high bank. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's certainly he's certainly below our traveller. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that's no. We won't talk about the cast yet, apart from the signal is played by Den Harmonia. So you immediately go, oh, look, it's Den Harmonia. Yeah. yeah. But, so, so um, yeah, actually, and, and, and uh, the the cutting is quite nicely described in the original story as well. As, as this kind of damp, dark, kind of gloomy sort of place, which which. Um, oh, I know something about this. The, right, go on. The uh, in the TV version basically captures it exactly. Yeah. Apart from they were very close to a rough housing estate in the West Midlands. Okay. <laughs> Apparently they had to continually fend off the local kids from chucking stones at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Um, but but well, they did it quite well because it does. I think that the, this uh, adaptation of it captures that quite well. It's definitely got that. They they obviously filmed it in fairly damp, sort of bleak conditions. So you get do get that kind of feeling to it. Yeah, it's not all like that though. When we when no. we first see them in glorious sunshine, don't we? Even no. even sunshine down on the track. Do we? I don't know. Maybe. I didn't think it was. I thought it was just quite uh, dull looking through the whole thing. No, no, it's, no? it's glorious okay. sunshine at the beginning. No, because um, it, it's counterpointed because um, once the signalman gets over his initial hostility, the um, the str- we can't call him the stranger. The the guy, the the, yeah. the, the, the Dickens, yes, <laughs> um, um, go, goes into the signal box and they have a long chat. And oh, did, saying about the Dickens thing, that that's really weird because obviously it, it's told in the first person in in the the short story. Yeah. So so you get the feeling that you know that's the narrator. He is Dickens. For some reason, the way that the 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 actor, what was his name? That, that did um, yes. played the stranger. He's not as famous as Denham Elliot. No, um, somebody Lloyd. Bernard Lloyd. Bernard Lloyd. He was speaking, and I'm sure this is just my brain and totally coincidental. He was speaking in a way that I thought was um, really like Simon Callow. Oh. And and Callow is oh. obviously very well known for playing Dickens, Dickens in a number of things. Yeah, because he's not, he's clean shaven. They're both yeah. clean shaven. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's, which is, so you immediately don't think Dickens, but I, I see what you mean, the voice. And the voice, but it just reminded me, but not of Dickens, because I've no idea what he sounded like. But obviously, I, he reminded me, the way he sounded reminded me of Simon Callow, who obviously plays Dickens he did, fairly but, frequently. But I think the audio recordings of Dickens' voice do exist. Ah, well, maybe, maybe that's uh, deliberate then, <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, well Possibly, but anyway, and good, good uh, deviation. Anyway, um, the, the, <laughs> the plot. Uh, yeah. So um, this character um, okay, so, falls yeah. asleep, and he wakes up, and it's evening, and it's not bright yeah. and sunny anymore. See, that's, oh, and that, that's when it starts to get all murky and nasty, right? 
Um, and the the signalman says, yeah, you know, something's bothering me, but I'm not going to tell you about yeah. it now. Uh, if, if you come again, I will. I will tell you about it. And the guy goes, well, I've got nothing better to do than to repeatedly visit you in your signal box. Yeah. Well, he's so, staying in an inn that's not very far away. That, well, that's, that's uh, right. Which is so... Yeah. But, but isn't there a suggestion that he's some kind somehow of, kind of feels a bit compelled to go there? Well, there are some strange silent shots of him in the inn being sort of tormented. Yeah, yeah, by yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, by some sort of having some sort of un- unsettled night sleep or whatever, which which isn't in the original story. No, I'm but then the original story is very does a is very similar. It, it, it's very strange in that it doesn't really. Again, you don't really get an explanation as to why the guy is going and talking to him. Because it does seem like a bit of an odd thing to do, just kind of wander up. But I think it seems odd to us. But maybe maybe Victorian Victorian England, that was fairly normal. I don't know. Random people would just come up and Well, I mentioned mentioned the the class thing, and I think that's absolutely key to to this. I, I, I suspect... If you were posh middle class and yeah. you saw some working class person, you could go and speak to him, and he would either punch you in the face and rob you, or would disperse <laughs> you <laughs> as if you were his better. Because the, the, there was a yeah. well, Victorian society was very structured, yeah. and, and you know there was the height of the class system, wasn't it? With yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, and, I guess so. Yeah, so um, because you know if you or I went to a Row him in now. <laughs> I don't think he would invite us into his signal box well, I, and keep us there for three days. Uh, well, to be fair, I do quite often talk to people on the railways, but it's normally asking them why their their service is so rubbish, why their trains aren't running, and how do I get to work? But um, and are you going to repay me compensation? This, and that kind this, of thing? But this traveller is actually. Um, Quite impressed with the way the signalman is doing his job. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think he's. No. I don't think he's even heard of delay repay. No, he hasn't. <laughs> Mind you, I'm not sure he actually travels by train. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but, no, he, but, the, but he points out that he's that, uh, pointed out as well that the signalman is 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 uh, he's, he's a sort of person. I'm trying to remember how they explain it now, but. Uh, is a person who has had an education or something? Is it? Is that the way they put it? Something like natural philosophy. Because he he's started to sort of study. Yeah, but um, in his spare time, yeah. he's studying maths down there. Because the thing the thing about this is very lonely, very confined, yeah. and apart from to change the signals every so often, he doesn't actually have a lot of work to do. But if he doesn't do it properly, yeah. people die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. Which is something that he he mentions he's troubled by the responsibility of hmm. of it all. Um, but in f- and he keeps staring at this bell and yeah. But but the second time he comes back, he reveals that. Oh he, yeah, the first time they, they, they the the stranger suggests that it's uh, it could all be in his head and doesn't he basically? Well, well, or it could no, be or no, it could no, be a trick. In, of, in the first the first trip. Um, 
the signalman won't say what's troubling him. Right. Yeah. If he does, yeah. And 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 then uh, yeah, you correctly yeah. say the the, the traveller is a trick of the eye or something like that. It, it, exactly. Yes. Um, and it's the the wind whistling through yeah, the, through the, the telegraph, wires. telegraph wires. Yeah. Uh, and um, the is like, no, no, because this guy, I saw it, it was a, like a ghost, and then you know there was a big crash. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like. <laughs> you know, okay, so that might have happened. So, so basically, the ghost has appeared underneath the the light to the tunnel, going hello below there, and, yeah. and some other stuff as well. Um, and Superman's been freaked out by this, and then later there's been a crash in yeah. the tunnel. Yeah, and, and, you know, and um, it, we've already heard that a train crashing in the tunnel is horrible because of, you know, flames yeah. and death and the stuff. Compaction. Yeah. Apparently based, um, apparently that's, it's likely that that idea of the tunnel collision was based on the Clayton tunnel crash, wherever that was, that occurred in 1861, which is five years before this was written. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously the railways had started in the 18. 18- 40s. Yeah, and, so um, it's still there'd been a, a lot relatively new, wasn't it? Well, yes, and health and safety wasn't what it is now back then. So they were quite, and these are big, massive, hot engines, you know, that yeah. explode and fall <coughs> off cliffs and things like that. So um, there were there were a few accidents. Yeah, and indeed, as I know you're itching to tell us, <laughs> Dickens himself yes. had experience of an of a rail accident. That's right. So. Um, because he'd, he'd been involved in uh, 1865 in a rail crash, the Staplehurst rail crash, which was um, happening in Kent whilst going over a viaduct. The, the train, what happened was the train apparently uh, jumped a gap in the rails, which hadn't been either repaired properly, which then um, basically caused uh, the 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 train to sort of, a lot of the carriages to come off the rails and off the viaduct. Quite a serious problem. Yeah, down into the, the water, the river below. Um, Dickens was travelling in the first carriage, so he, he was actually okay. It was one of the ones that just kind of teetered over the edge of the viaduct. <laughs> but he, he stayed, apparently he stayed uh, behind and helped um, the, the, the whatever the emergency services turned up, but helped kind of get everybody out and and, and help help at the scene. So, he so I think it was something that kind of uh, I think it did have then have a bit of a profound sort of effects on him after that. I think well, it was something this that is, sort of stuck with him. This is late in his career. Yeah, well. there wasn't a lot of actual writing no. after this. If, no. I, if I remember correctly, I'm not a Dickens scholar. It's fair to say, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so the signalman, in some ways, is based on, is informed by true experience, which unusual for Dickens, I think. <laughs> but um, well, Christmas Carol might yeah. be true as well. Well, yeah. There's no one with a silly name in this either. If you sort of know. No one with any name in this. No, that's true. Um, yes. So there wasn't a Mr. Bumblewick or something. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Yes. <laughs> Um, so then the signalman continues um, and that was like a year previously the big crash happened and then uh, like six months later there was another apparition similar apparition which um, it, it's different though isn't it it's, it's covering its face yeah yes and and then I just mind covering my face then, yeah which, is, which obviously works well in audio yeah <laughs> so, 
a podcast staple that is hand <laughs> gestures. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, um, yeah. So this second apparition, which is, um, we think I just paused to talk about this because you say carrying a safe, but there's also some kind of latex mask, isn't it? Yeah. Some kind of, it, I mean, like a. Uh, you see it very clearly. Some some yeah. monstrous um, um, old man with a, a great big. It's mouth. on the cover to the. Box set, isn't it? Or one of the box sets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not often the ghosts in Ghost Stories for Christmas are very subtle, and this is yeah. very unsubtle because it's broad daylight as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's quite it, a lot it still of sort looks of alright, but it's, there's it's, quite a lot of steam and things around still, though, isn't there? It's, there's, there's some sort of this is a, basically a close-up, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. there is a bit of steamy stuff. Floating around, I think. Yeah, maybe that's. I think that's actually missed because. Um, yeah, missed because it. Yeah. The, the train come. The, the train that this is referring to comes through a bit later. Yeah. And, um, and we. I don't think we ever really know, but this 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 lady dressed as a bride, presumably having just got married, just falls yeah. out of the train and dies. Yeah. And, and and I mean we don't. I'd love to know why is she's, this. She's in? she's she's dead already in 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 the, the TV version. But in the well, story, when she lands. yeah, in the story, there's there's again, there's there's some sort of a struggle, and she jumps from the she she sort of jumps oh, from the train. Okay. So so it's it's slightly different. Whereas it yeah she's it does, I don't think she doesn't really jump from the train in the TV one, does she? She it's sort of just falls out the door. Sort of falls out. Yeah, you don't really see. I mean, yeah. her like well. Husband slash widower. Yeah, um, you see him just standing there looking sombre afterwards. And there's no indication of foul play right. making this, and it's just like, well, she's died, and then this. But he stands there also covering his face, no, in the same manner as the the, the ghost. Because he can't bear to look. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, that gesture is is repeated throughout this. Yeah, uh, and so, and then, and then the signalman reveals at the end of the um, the the apparition has started bothering him for a third time. Yeah, but whatever's happened, whatever's going to happen, hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, I'm powerless to do anything. What can I do?" Yeah, because he rightly points out that you know he could he could signal up both ends of the line and say that there, you know there's there's some sort of danger. But then they would ask him what the danger is, and he would have to say, "Well, I don't know." And then he's worried that he, he might appear mad. And um, well, yeah. he, he says they'd, they'd sack me. What else could they do? Yeah. But then it's like, yeah. Well, then you wouldn't have to worry about this anymore, would you? <laughs> but I guess that's uh, true. I guess he'd probably then starve to death. It being Victorian England. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's not really an option for him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So then I think. Basically, the traveller goes back, yeah. arranging to meet him again. Again, yeah. Um, do you think? I can't remember if there's even a third visit. That's pretty well, bad. No, I watched it last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next, the next bit is him. Him. Uh, he has. He has that another kind of sleepless night, doesn't he? With apparitions and what's not not yeah. apparitions, but visions and dreams and yeah. And then when he gets up. It, doesn't he end up running? Oh no! This is this is no, great. Yeah. On, there's something. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is great. No, I, I, yeah. So um, 
the um, the arrival of the apparition is signalled by this kind of um, really high pitched ring of a of, of a bell that's yeah. totally different from the normal ring of the bell in the normal course of action. And the travellers profess not to hear it, although yeah. Singleman said it's happened a couple of times while he's been there, right? Yeah. And then um, as he's walking back for what, what, oh, he gets he hears something. Uh, no, this is it. This is it. He hears yeah. the bell. The bell rings in his head, and 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 the guy. The guy, he hears it as he's walking back. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I know what that is. And he starts running. Yeah, that's it. Be- that, because, because you know, I mean, this guy's quite, like you say, rash- rationalist. Oh, it's all the wind in the trees and what, yeah. whatever. And, and then, then after that, he just says, well, you, you do your duty. That's all you can do. You know, if, if more people die, you still did what yeah. all you could. Um, but then his rationalism, when he hears the bell, it's just gone. Yeah. And when he gets to the... Uh, well, he's running, and then the signalman comes out. Yeah. The ghost is going hello below there, whatever. Yeah. And um, yeah, poor old uh, signalman decides to stand in the middle of the track to try and talk to the ghost. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the train. Well, because the signalman is is quite frustrated that the ghost can't tell him. Yeah, because he, he what I mean, what the problem is. It's he, quite heroic actually. Cause yeah. The the, the signalman isn't quite. It's, isn't so freaked out about the haunting, no. but he he's just racked with guilt because yeah. armed with this knowledge that something's going to happen, he hasn't been able to do anything, and he's like, this time I want to prevent the tragedy and whatever yeah. it is, and um, unfortunately, it turns out that the tragedy is him getting smacked over by a massive steam train. Yeah, <laughs> and and um. Oh, the payoff, which which is which is beautiful. Um, the traveller runs down, speaking to the, the the train driver, dead signalman in front of him, yeah. and um, the train driver's like, oh, you know, he wouldn't he wouldn't get out of the way. I stopped ringing my bell and I no, called down yeah. to him and I waved. And the traveller's like, yeah. oh, oh God, yeah. What what did you say? <laughs> and and the train driver, with the gesture which I'm going to do now for the benefit of you. Yeah. Uh, Podcasters, podcast listeners, uh, is hello, bur, below there, clear the way or something. Yeah, which is, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is, yeah, and and that's you know rationalism gone, look of horror on the traveller's face, yeah. and then cut to the end credits. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there are spoilers. A bit late in the episode for me to say that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that was that's, a bit of a spoiler. Just a given, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and that's the story. So, and the main, the the, the main thing about this, um, the main reason this is remembered in itself is Denham Elliott's yeah. fantastic performance. Yeah. Um, amazing as the haunted signalman. Bernard Lloyd, very good, very effective as yeah. part of the viewer's avatar. Yeah. Um, but. This is this is. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really do an awful. No, thing. he's there to facilitate the telling of the signalman story, really. Completely, Denham Elliott's um, yeah uh, show this, and in, indeed, I understand that um, he, the casting was fortuitous. He was already too famous for this kind of thing, really. Right. But he liked the script, and uh, he'd just come off a film and was available. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, he, he's very good in that as well. And. We don't see him very much in British horror. 
I don't think he... <laughs> you don't see him very much. I was going to say, well, I mean, because he died several years ago. I, 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 yes, yeah, I, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, aw- I'm aware because I'm a massive Don Williams fan. I love him. Remember the view, you know, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, yeah. little film you may have seen. No. Um, <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, uh, no, great actor. And... It's, it's nice to, to see him in this. Yeah. And he, he sells it to you. Completely sells yeah, it to you. Yeah, definitely. I think um, the, other, the other main um, tribute of, of, of this ghost story is just how well um, directed it, it is. I mean, Lawrence Gordon-Clark was the Terence Fisher of these things. Yeah, this, yeah. I mean, he, he, um, I mean, this was low budget. This was quite low budget. I mean, the roots of these ghost yeah. stories are in... Uh, BBC documentary films, micro-budget stuff. Um, I think it was a bit better by this time, but still. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it almost comes across as lavish with the cause, cause they, uh, with the tunnel. Yeah, well, but they, they, they run this steam just... train up and down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And, yeah. and they filmed it on in a real signal box. So, of course, it just looks, and it's all shot on film. It, yeah. looks, it looks like, um, obviously, the BBC are very good at costume dramas which I usually hate yes and um, this but this was adapted by Andrew Davis the master of adaptations of course yeah I mean he's the guy that did that Pride and Prejudice thing with Colin Firth that you know some people enjoyed I didn't watch it myself but um, (laughs) you you see I I can't actually stick usually the BBC style of costume drama I, I just don't think it reflects anything good about British cultural values but here <laughs> here um, it, 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 it's it's really really effective I mean yeah well interesting enough about the, the location uh, it was apparently filmed on the Severn Valley Railway and uh, the signal box uh, in the cutting by the the, it's, um, the Kidderminster side of the Budley Tunnel was was a fake one that they had there, but the actual interiors were filmed in a real signal box somewhere else. Yeah, which is why wow, it's so great. And, and Donovan Elliot, um, he, he, I, I, I understand he didn't have a lot of preparation time for this. And in fact, the first couple of days he had cue cards <coughs> all over the place. Right, okay. I'm getting my information from the BFI box set, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, he also. When he's changing the signals, it looks like he's been doing it for like yeah. 30, 40 years. You know, I mean, well, he does it quite casually, doesn't he? So like with, with the things, cloth bells go and then off he goes, and he does. Yeah, he actually does. See, so you, you don't you don't look at that and feel well. That's a bit fake. That doesn't look like he he knows what he's doing. My father is a lifelong rowing man. Yeah. You know, I, I've been around rowing men my whole life as a yeah. result. And Denon Millian very convincing in this. What, what a great actor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Um, I think that's the Gordon Clark and Denon Millian and Andrew Davis. I mean, there's not a lot. There's nobody else. Of, no, of, of no, no. I think one involved. other person is credited, which is probably the, the train driver. Yeah, that's that's right. I think. I, I think, don't. I don't think he's anyone. No. Important. Well, sorry, well, sorry uh, whoever you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think what is a real shame for me is that after they broadened out the ghost story for Christmas, they got the Dickens story, and it was tremendously, amazingly successful. 
They then, the following year, took a, a horrendous wrong turn and decided what would be really great is if we move um, these ghost stories up to date. And yeah. It's just not the same. The Victorian era, um, the Edwardian era, yeah. it's just so good for creepy ghost ghost stories. Yeah, I yeah. understand the Stephen King thing of oh, it's scariest if it's like set yeah. in where you live and it could be your street and stuff. Yeah, but I never liked Stephen King and I never liked that approach. <laughs> I don't agree with it. And um, yeah, so I, I I think that these ghost stories, the really effective creepy ones, are all set in you know times like this when when you can you can well you get people more isolated more helpless and it's really um very very scary whereas yeah i think to be honest if this was set on our present day railway if we took the yeah. Stephen king approach right it would just this would just be a satire <laughs> this wouldn't be frightening at all. I'd just be stuck in a, a huge delay for ages. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I think this particular story, but that has to be set when it's set, otherwise it just cannot work. Yeah. And I think that's the same. Exactly. I think that's a, well. I well, because you that, don't have you don't uh, the sig- signals now are pretty much all. All electronic no, there are no run, by, run, run by computers. So. Yeah, they're sort of wrong all the time. They, they, yeah, yeah, they always have signal failures, yeah. which is, which I guess is something perhaps you didn't have quite so much of. I don't well, know. I suppose well, if you if the person wasn't very good. Well, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you did. But, I, no, I'm sure you, they did. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't I don't think these um, I don't think these railways were ever like paragons of everything. Like no, that that's all true. The time. But, but I mean, it was it was. I suppose they were less different. busy as well. And um, another thing that came from that BFI box set, uh, the the Ghost Roads of Christmas box set, which I have, which is one of my favourite things in the whole world, um, <laughs> is is that um, Lawrence Gordon Clark's interpretation of this story is it's not really even a ghost story. It's about fate, and the railways yeah. there for industrialisation, and um, um, and Denomelia is the, the signalman is the common man who just literally gets. Knocked over by the steam train of progress, <laughs> and I can sort of, I can sort of see that. But uh, know, yeah, but I think it's kind of pushing it a bit. But yeah, I uh, guess so. Um, yeah, if you wanted to write a GCSE essay about this, <laughs> put that in. But I, yeah, I just enjoy this as a tremendous, um, really tight, really effective forty minutes of uh, moderate yeah. genius. Yeah. So it's, yeah, the, the the ghost I think is is it's it's sort of like a it's sort of yeah it's a warning, isn't it? I, I guess it's trying to warn him of what what's it sort of echoes something that happens after each disaster. Oh, I don't think it's a warning. I think it's marking him out as doomed. The whole, the whole right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think there's anything he can do about it. I think. No, I suppose not. I suppose it's not a warning in that sense. It almost seems to be a bit. There's a sort of cyclic element to it as well, in a way that, that, that you know it comes back round to the beginning, where Which the, the 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 person really visiting him is uh, really good, really tight, really. I mean, there you go. Andrew Davis gave it that. There's not a lot of waste in this. No. <laughs> right. Anyway. Okay. Um, I think we should move on to our questions, which I've sort of probably answered. We probably have, yeah. But so let's do it anyway, because you know it's yeah. a formal thing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, did you like this, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of the best things in the entire world <laughs> that's ever been made. Did you like this, Paul? 
Well, okay, again, it's my first time of watching this. Um, I liked it. I did like it uh, uh, a lot more than the uh, the actual Dickens story. I felt the Dickens story wasn't particularly particularly scary. It, the, the ghosts are kind of a bit matter of fact and not really described in a way that's particularly creepy. You're right. Charles Dickens, second-rate writer. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's rubbish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it's aged badly. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it doesn't. It, it describes the ghosts actually in a very similar way to the, how they're described in, in a Christmas Carol, which is like there's a description of it, but it, it there's no sort of um, it's not really described in a creepy way. Whereas I think this works; it's a lot creepier, and I think that's to do with. Again, like Denimello's performance, and I think that the ghost, even though, like you said, it, you, it, it's, it's entirely visible in the, the second time. You, is it the second time you see it? Yeah, yeah. It's really creepy because you've had that little build-up where um, the signalman's walking towards it, and you can just see it. It's sort of a bit indistinct, even though it's clearly someone standing there with a black cloak over them. And but it just works. It just it. it in the same way that you would find it creepy if you were walking along the street and there was just somebody standing there in a black cloak. It just is sort of unnerving and it works really well. I which I guess kind of uh, answers uh, the third question we normally ask, which is, oh, no, was, was it scary? We'll go back to the second one in a minute. Was it scary? Yeah, it's, it's scary. It is quite creepy, yeah. 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 Creepy more than scary, I wasn't. Well... Okay, I, I, I think it's, I, I would say it's scary. I mean, it's not, you know, the very scariest thing in the entire world, but no. I, th I think it still has the power to chill. Yeah, no, I think so. What was the second question? second one is, does it hold up as a production now, today? Very largely yes, I would say. Yeah, it does, except for one thing, which... Was was fine, and I, I was okay with this, and, and but then I started to notice it towards the end, which was the music. Oh, now oh, a yeah. lot, a lot of these, a lot of these things are, are around this sort of time, and a lot of the time they didn't have any music through, through them at all. Um, a lot of the sort of plays and that this one does, and it's it's a bit synthy. I'm afraid <laughs> that was the Vogue at the BBC. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It, it, yeah, totally. But yeah, it's, um, it, it sort of. It, I didn't notice it at first, but then later on, it, it kind of. It started to kind of I think become aware of it, which is never quite a good thing. I think it's a fair point. I'm surprised you're you're not immune to that. I mean, your <laughs> other <laughs> interests do include quite a lot of this kind of music. Well, they do, and I do quite like that sort of music. And it was actually it was actually quite good. And, and it, it sort of worked despite itself, but I think it, it, it it's just that it you shouldn't really if it's good incidental music you shouldn't be really be necessarily be aware of it. Well, it's interesting. I think we'll come back to that in a future episode. So let's leave it there. Okay. Um. Okay. Do you know? I think we've I think we've done this. Today, yeah. Um. As it were. And do you know what we're not going to do? We're not going to say what the next episode is. This no. is brilliant. This is our, no. our festive special. All I will say. This was episode one of four, yeah. and um, stay tuned. The next one will be out soon. But and, and we'll, we'll 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 leave some clues. Uh, yes, there will be clues. 
on social media on social yes, media on, on yeah no good yeah, well done yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah on our Facebook page which is very British horror on Facebook or uh, at very Brit horror on Twitter um, and again as, uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can email us at a very British horror at gmail.com fantastic but for now I've been Chris Denton and I'm still Paul Monk good night bye bye <laughs>